I'm Daniel. And I'm Pat. And this is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. This week's episode, we take a peek at 2022's I'm Totally Fine. I'm Totally Fine tells the story of Vanessa, a woman in mourning, who takes a solo trip to clear her head after the death of her friend. But her self-care vacation plans change when she's met with an out-of-this-world situation. Uh, that means she runs into aliens. <laughs> Directed by Brandon Dermer, written by Brandon Dermer and Alicia Ketri. Uh, the internet shows a release date of November 4th, 2022. I don't remember hearing anything about this movie ever until Daniel suggested that we watch it for the show. <laughs> and uh, I watched it uh, on Hulu, where it's currently streaming, along with Quasi. Uh, Danny, this is one of your recommendations. Where the fuck did this come from? I, I don't know. I just, uh, I was scrolling through. And, really? Yeah, I was just scrolling through and I looked at it and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And then I read a little bit and then I watched like five minutes of it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to ask Pat if he wants to do this. And and that's how it happened. Yeah. Uh, totally out of left field for me. I was, I, I didn't know if you had some connection with this or if you saw it back in the day. No. Because you've come up with some pretty, like, sometimes like Dan will suggest... Like, oh, we should watch Werewolves Within. I'm like, okay. And <laughs> we watch it, and then I'm like, where the fuck do you use? I don't know. It was it was on, you know. Um, not that I'm shitting on it. So th- this is this is kind of a notable movie, though, because once you start looking at this stuff, it usually... Werewolves Within was, like, I think based on... It was... I forget. A video the, game. It was the highest-reviewed video game movie of all yeah. times. Probably prior to Super Mario Brothers, but... Right. Um, so this one, as we mentioned before, it was directed by Brandon Dermer and his directorial debut. Some of his past work includes a bunch of short films and music videos from the likes of Major La- Major Laser and Panic at the Disco. Co-written by Alicia Ketri, who has writing credits on American Dad and Fuller House. But really kind of where the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this production team comes in is that it was produced by Kyle Nuichek from Workaholics. And uh, they're very big Workaholics connection here. Jillian Bell plays the main character, Vanessa. And I always found Jillian Bell very fuckable. Uh, No difference (laughs) in this movie. Um, Kyle Nuichek plays the townie in this. He's got a little bit of a role. Blake Anderson plays Jillian's boyfriend, who is not seen physically, but uh, they FaceTime him a couple times. And has a has a really big workaholics vibe, which makes sense. Um, I think this was something that uh, it's definitely a pandemic movie. Um, you know, the kind of gave the 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 IMDb summary in the intro, but a more expanded version of the plot is that uh, Jillian Bell's character Vanessa ha- has a soft drink company that she started with her friend Jennifer played by Natalie Morales and uh, Natalie, Mor- Natalie Morales's character died prior to the beginning of the movie and uh, Vanessa the Jillian Bell character goes to this like house that they had rented to throw this big party right and um, kind of the joke is that they hired a caterer and they hired a DJ and they hired all this stuff for this weekend this party and then uh, Jennifer's death was very sudden, and uh, Jillian's character forgot to cancel all this stuff. So she goes to the house, and there's a bunch of food, and at one point a DJ shows up. But what also happens at one point is that an alien shows up, 
in the form of Vanessa's dead friend, Jennifer. And this alien says to Vanessa that we want to study human beings and we picked a form that would be comforting to you and we're going to study you for the next 48 hours. So we never see what the alien would look like. It's kind of like contact, right? Where like they cheat the whole alien thing by like, oh, the alien looks like your dead dad. And here it's like, oh, the alien looks like your dead friend. And um, it's, you know, Jennifer, uh, Natalie Morales kind of uh, being very awkward and like, oh, on earth you do it like this and, and whatever. And then Jillian Bell, Vanessa character kind of, being like, but you betrayed me in high school and all this shit. And there's also this mechanic worked into the plot, which is never properly explained, and I'm not shitting on it for it. I like this movie. I thought this movie was good. But um, the alien character, Jennifer, has her memories. We don't know how. So she remembers stuff that only Jennifer would know from Jennifer's life. Somehow when when the alien picked to inhabit to, to take Jennifer's form. Jennifer's dead and buried, so it's not like she was possessing her body, right? right? She somehow absorbed her memories, but then also gained the ability to kind of look into the future and see how things would have gone if she hadn't died. Um, it's never really properly explained, and it's just kind of used for the thematically. Not shitting well, on that, but... they uh, She said at the end of the movie that she lied about that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I know, I've been talking a big chunk here. What what, what did you think of this one? I I liked it. I thought, I don't know why I, like, wanted to watch it, but I did. And I did it. So I was like, let me drag Pato into this, too, because that's what I do. And... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a chick flick. Um, yes, definitely. It was a it was a fun one, but it was like it was kind of sad. Uh, I under I understand like I don't know. Like I could see the comedy part in it, but I kind of wish it was more of like a drama. If like I I honestly felt like maybe the acting, especially from would you say her name was uh, Jillian. Jillian Bell, the blonde. Yeah, yeah, Jillian Bell. I I thought she was really serious at times, where I thought she was supposed to be kind of like a smart ass comic relief, which she was. It just to me, it just was still sad. Like I, which again, I think it was great acting, and I think that maybe that's what it was. It was just maybe overacting for the movie. Um, but it was awesome. Like I thought that she did great. I thought that. Uh, I, I really like the awkwardness that Natalie put in to Jennifer. I thought that was really good. And I don't know. I just, like, I was happy the whole time I watched this movie. Like, it didn't make me, like, it just was, like, content with life. You know what I mean? Like, it was a, it was kind of a feel-good movie. It, uh, it made you kind of think about the good times, you know, not the bad times. It was trying to, you know, so, I don't know. Yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely a chick flick, which is okay, because I like chicks. Um, <laughs> you know, watch this one with your lady, I guess. Especially but, the ones that flick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I said, Jillian Bell is, I always thought she was fuckable. Um, it's good, it's good. It's, it's, you're right, I think it, it, there was a, uh, there was an opportunity there for maybe a little bit more emotional depth, 
um especially when you do but how you know that's the thing is that like how do you do a movie that's emotionally resonant when you're dealing with this abstract topic right of like this this is an alien that looks like your friend and has some of the memories and says some of this stuff and it's just kind of a way for you to say goodbye to them an extended 48 hour period to say goodbye to them and have them kind of answer some questions and give you a little bit of insight without any of the net net like responsibility for any of the actions, right? Like there, there was this thing about, which honestly kind of irked me because so her and her friend have a connection to Papa Roach, right? Which is yeah. such like a weird throwback. Like it reminded me of the Wilson Phillips shit in Bridesmaids, you know, mm. where it's like, Oh, remember that? Like, Oh, it's, Oh my God. So like, then they're really into Wilson Phillips, like how random, you know? And it's like, Oh, they're really into Papa Roach. How random. And, um, there was this revelation that the dead friend went to go see Papa Roach without Jillian uh, Bell's character a uh, year before. And it, yeah, I don't know. So but it, it shows that the, the alien somehow knows stuff that Jillian Bell doesn't. And the alien's not just a construct of her subconscious or something, right? This is really happening. She is really an alien. This is really real. Um, and I mean, that, like, you know, I guess there's opportunity for. Um, to kind of explore relationships and shit. And it does it a little bit, but it kind of does it like in broad strokes. It's, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to really get into that because this is such a crazy setup. Right. And I think that another thing that's very noticeable when you're watching this is that it is uh 100% a pandemic film. Right? <laughs> like, it, it it really they wrote this within a month and they shot it in ten days and it's two right. characters in an empty house like this was something this is a this is a byproduct of COVID nineteen you know um, along with all the gene therapy that we've all been subjected to with the fucking jab um, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't laugh when I called it a pandemic film you're like oh okay like I guess that just Dan's like fucking a right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was just like, and I think that maybe I'm in that mindset still, where like you're like, oh, this was clearly shot with nobody because you see so many of those movies now, you know. And when they come out, like you're like, oh, like it's one guy in a fucking room talking to a glory hole. Like, I wonder why they made that movie, you know, because everyone had they were afraid of some mystery virus that was fucking invented by the fucking government. Like, you know, it's just, it's just, you, I can't shake that, and maybe. Five years from now, it, that won't be as noticeable. I don't know, um, or maybe I'm I'm too much of a uh, into the other podcast mindset to where that's I picked that up. But did that weigh on you at all? Like, I mean, when you not just talking about this movie specifically, but like, is that something you find yourself noticing a lot? Yeah, kind of. I'm in that boat. Yeah, it's yeah. um. I try sometimes. I try to think though back to like maybe it's like what what was it with James Franco like 127 hours or whatever. That's very true. Very true. Like, that's how I try to kind of look at it. like it's 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 not the first time we've seen this. It probably won't be the last time we've seen this. However, uh, there were some opportunities given to some people <laughs> that had uh, the money to make some movies and yeah. Sometimes I kind of wish that, like, I could just do that kind of shit. What do you mean? Just, like, go make a movie. I mean, <laughs> like, it's have that, that well, well, have, like, more so, like, the money. And, and to, well, the time, I guess. 
you know, movies only cost money if people expect to get paid. That is true. But, I don't expect movies, to get paid. Yeah, movies do not cost money inherently. Um, you can film uh, pretty much anything. Uh, I mean, I guess yes. Okay, so they do cost money, but the money that you, the it's the kind of money you have already. Right. You put it like that. Like you know, instead of buying six DVD, six Blu-ray steel books off fucking Amazon this week, get your <laughs> get yourself like a Bluetooth microphone for your for your phone. Right. You know what I mean? Or like a rig to hold it in. Like the shit's super cheap and you can get off Amazon. You don't have to go, you don't have to like track down a camera store or anything. Um, so you could do that. And editing stuff, like, look, you probably don't know how to edit, but I'm sure you have editing software on your computer already. Uh, or you can track it down free or, or, or cheap. And um, it, the more you learn to do yourself, the less you have to pay other people to do. Like, this mm-hmm. is one of those things where, like, I'm sure they raised money to make this because right. they all wanted to get paid. But And they're all in the Screen Actors Guild, so they have to get paid, right? You can't work for free. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you were to make a movie with your friends, like, if you were to make a movie about the, the, the burger industry or whatever, and you're like, okay, well, we'll just use my restaurant as a set. Kind of like Zach and Mary Make a Porno, how they shot it in the coffee house. You could just shoot that movie in your burger place, like when it's not open, and then if you had, if you could get actors that were like young and hungry and willing to do it for like next to nothing for the credit, you get them to be in it for free, and then you're like, well, who's gonna film it? And you're like, okay, well, can you hold the fucking camera phone? Awesome. Then you're the you're the director and you're the cinematographer, and then you're like, okay, I need someone to edit it. Well, you can find someone to edit it. Like I'd edit it for you, and then. You know, so where's the money there? It doesn't cost anything. As long as there's no, like, CGI vultures that appear, like, where you have to pay a special effects company. And there was right. no special effects in this. No, like there wasn't. That there pool was, was dirty, though. <laughs> they should have used the special effects. They couldn't even clean the, the motherfucking pool. <laughs> That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, they just uh, found a house in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I'm sure they Airbnb'd that motherfucker. Probably. You know? They filmed it in 10 days. 10 days in that house. Actually, I think they used multiple houses. I think I read online because I did look into it. They used multiple houses for some reason. Probably one house for exteriors and then one for interiors or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's a very minimalistic story. I mean, I think you're right. From that perspective, I think if, if you're someone with an interest in filmmaking, it's always interesting to see what qualifies as a film that does not possess what you sometimes associate ha- with a film having. Like, this is not Fast and the Furious X. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> There's no car chases. A car breaks down. In fact, the car it doesn't does. move. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> that they're not driving in the car. Um, there's not a lot of actors. You know, it's very sparse and very minimalistic, but it's entertaining, you know, and it's 83 minutes long plus credits, which mm-hmm. I think what I think helps too. But it's not, it's not terribly in depth either. You know, um, it's not like a, uh, as deep of a character study as maybe it could have been, but right. now are you a bit, no. are you a, okay, I'm sorry, go on. No, go, go. I was going to ask, are you a big Workaholics fan? I do like Workaholics. I've never like sat down and watched like everything in order, but I used to watch it all the time. So, like, uh, is it Adam 
Divine that's also part of that. Yeah, he's the bigger, he's the biggest yeah. uh, one of the three because he's on Righteous Gemstones now. I was going to say Righteous Gemstones, he's pretty fucking funny. In. Yeah. It's the fucking... And as somebody who's somewhat involved with the church, that is definitely a, uh... <laughs> that, that that's one of the more realistic aspects of that, of that show is that type of persona. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, have you now? They did a movie that um, I'm I'm gonna say we should definitely cover if you have not seen it already. Game Over, man. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, so that was directed by uh, Kyle Newichek, who played Carl the the townie, um, the guy that produced this movie. Right. So that was that was a really funny diehard knockoff. Um, that's worth checking out with the workaholics guys. So this was I, this was a neat like workaholics tangent project i guess yeah. um you know it, it it's it's funny enough and it's dramatic enough and it's it's a solid c plus b minus movie you know um probably a little bit more leaning a little bit more towards a c plus but good stuff yeah it was uh what do you who was your favorite like uh kind of like party uh person that came like the the DJ, the uh, oh fuck it, the um, food people. There's one line with the food people that really made me fucking laugh. Um, I mean, it is funny too. Like it's not, it's not that it's not without its laughs. It's watchable. Like I didn't, I, I got to say this, and I know that these episodes are airing uh, weeks apart and stuff. I wa- I sat down and I watched this from start to finish. And probably only looked at my phone to take notes. Um, this was engaging. This held my attention. Quasi, I had to watch th- over three different sessions. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this I sat down and I fucking watched. I watched it the whole way through. I really did enjoy it. It's not laugh out loud funny. It's not, you're not going to piss yourself. It's not like, you know, it. it so dramatic that it totally like made me recontextualize like my relationships or anything. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't what I would ca- I would wouldn't even really call it science fiction. It was just it was just it's an entertaining eighty minutes, I guess. Um, but the DJ I thought was okay. Uh, I did think drugging the aliens seemed irresponsible. I don't know if I was left in custody with if I was like had to show an alien like what was up for 48 hours if i would give it molly all right um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, when I saw that i laughed i was like yeah oh, I, I mean but i i there was a lot of molly at my bachelor party and it really kind of it it didn't i'm not saying it ruined my time but um it definitely rendered me unable to get an erection in a situation where i would have benefited from able to have an erection so um <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. molly did molly did me dirty i don't know what to say so when i saw when they busted out the molly i'm like not that shit I'm like that's gonna ruin your fucking night right now but i guess it didn't matter for them they ended up in the bathtub together anyway um yeah what about yours are you a big fan of the dj no i i like the caterers too yeah I just thought it was funny because they they just brought her so much hope that they were going to take it back. She's like, no, 
<laughs> no, nope. you have to have this. The DJ was fine. I thought I did like his suit. I thought that was kind of funny, or his like jacket. Yeah. So, so. he's he's from. Uh, so the DJ was played by Harvey. I don't know, Gian probably or something. But uh, he is a. Um, he's a. Uh, he's one of the guys from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Oh yeah, he's the familiar. Yeah, Guillermo del Cruz. Guillermo. So, <laughs> I I've seen some of those episodes. I've seen the original movie, but I, I'm not super up to date on the TV show. Hilarious. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's not a whole lot of roles in this. I mean, you go on IMDb and there's literally nine actors in this movie. Now, Natalie Morales. I want to talk about her real quick. She plays the dead friend Jennifer, who becomes the alien who's possessed by an alien. I was like. I don't know where I knew her from. I, I, she looked so familiar to me. And I went up on IMDb and she's not in a whole lot. She's that I would know her from. Um, she was in this movie. She was in History of the World Part Two, which was great, but that's not where I knew her from. Um, she was in uh, Santa Clarita Diet. I guess maybe that's what I remember her from. She was in um, what else? Crashing. She did like an episode of that. She was on Girls for a little bit. the The biggest thing that she was on was Parks and Rec. She played the chick that um, ended up getting in a relationship, actually from Chicago, no less. Uh, she played the chick that Aziz. Oh, Aziz, I'm sorry. Yeah, falls in love with Tom Haverford. Yeah. He meets this chick in the rest when he opens that Italian restaurant, and she's there's some connection there between the two of them. And then he moves, she moves to Chicago, and then he goes and visits her. But she seems like really familiar to me, and I'm going through all of her credits, and I can't figure out where the fuck it's from. But uh, she was pretty solid, you know. She's cute and uh, kind of weird looking. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, she uh, played the awkward part really well. That's what I was right. saying. I liked it. Like, I I liked. It. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. But yeah, this film was. Uh, it you know it, it definitely kept her attention. Yeah, I would say during this whole film, quasi. I watched in one sitting, but there was that one part. There's actually, I think, 10 minutes where I had to rewind it because <laughs> I think I was just on my phone. I just got caught up in, in the doom scrolling and I was like, fuck, I have missed too much of this. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, some, something interesting about uh, Natalie Morales that I do want to bring up real quick. So I'm just noticing it now for the first time on IMDb. She's got a lot of director credits under her uh, under her belt. She did two episodes of Room 104, which was an anthology series on HBO about a hotel room uh, where random different shit happens. Every episode is like a different story that takes place in a hotel room. Uh, same hotel room, Room 104, but every episode is completely different. And she directed two of those. And um, she also directed a uh, Hulu original film called Plan B about a straight-laced high school student and her slacker best friend who, after a regrettable first sexual encounter, have 24 hours to hunt down a Plan B pill in America's heartland. Um, 
So it's about girls that love their cream pies. So, um, I yeah, I would say she's definitely one to watch. Natalie Morales. Um, she was, uh, you know, it's it's her and Jillian Bell holding the whole thing, and I think they do a great job. Um, but it's a plan. It's a pandemic movie, like I said, <laughs> and um, you know, but hey, it's it's free on Hulu. So I I hate to I, like I said I hate to compare the two especially depending on how these episodes air. But if you have the option to watch this or quasi, I would honestly recommend this and watch it with your lady. You know, <laughs> maybe you'll get some tit during it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's like a sex friendly film, but I mean, it's kind of, it has a nice, you know, girl power moment in it. Yeah. Which, you know, that's what we want, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've always heard, Hey, Girls rule the world, right? That's how it goes. All right. <laughs>